Good morning. Welcome to Transformation Radio. My name is Mark Davis. I'm your host, and here's some Jesus culture to get your day started.
And here's an oldie but a goodie from Audio Adrenaline. I get down, he lifts me up. Hey guys, this is Ben Clouser. I'd uh, like to put a quick affirmation out to Shannon, Jim, and Adrian. You guys are holding it down real good down in Lancaster. Keep the good work up. And uh, also John Paul, Jake Feek, the other, uh, and Jacob Ford, of course, in Lancaster. I almost forgot him. You guys keep doing what you're doing. Praise God. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament. Our scripture today comes from the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 38. We'll read through chapter 11, verse 13. Here is a brief commentary on some of what we'll be reading about here today. 
Mary and Martha both loved Jesus. On this occasion, they were both serving Him. But Martha thought Mary's style of serving was inferior to hers. She didn't realize that in her desire to serve, she was actually neglecting her guest. Are you so busy doing things for Jesus that you're not spending any time with Him? Hey, don't let your service become self-serving. Jesus did not blame Martha for being concerned about household chores. He was only asking her to set priorities. Service to Christ can degenerate into mere busy work that's totally devoid of devotion to God. Now notice the order uh, in this prayer that we'll be reading about here today. First, Jesus praised God. Then He made His requests. See, praising God first puts us in the right frame of mind to tell Him about our needs. Too often, our prayers are more like shopping lists than conversations. God's provision is daily, not all at once. We cannot store it up and then cut off communication with God. And we dare not be self-satisfied. If you're running low on strength, ask yourself, how long have I been away from the source? When Jesus taught His disciples to pray, He made forgiveness the cornerstone of their relationship with God. God has forgiven our sins. We must now forgive those who have wronged us. To remain unforgiving shows we have not understood that we ourselves deeply need to be forgiven. Think of some people who have wronged you. Have you forgiven them? How will God deal with you if He treats you as you treat others? Well, persistence or boldness in prayer overcomes our insensitivity, not God's. To practice persistence does more to change our heart and mind than His, And it helps us understand and express the intensity of our need. Persistence in prayer helps us recognize God's work. All right, with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. April 4th, the New Testament. Luke chapter 10, verse 38, through chapter 11, verse 13. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem... They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I'll... Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said, This is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Then, teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, A friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, Don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, 
and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So, if you sinful people...
Our devotion today comes from New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp. Human beings who were once created to live in awe of God are in grave danger when familiarity causes them to be bored with God. Familiarity is a beautiful thing. It's wonderful to be familiar with a beautiful piece of music. It means you've been blessed to hear it over and over again. It's a blessing to be familiar with roses because it means you have the privilege of being of having bushes nearby that you lay your eyes on every day. But the blessing of blessings is to be familiar with the ways, the character, the presence, and the promises of God. That means that grace has bridged the separation between you and God and has drawn you into a close communion with Him. It also means that the Spirit of God has opened your eyes, hearts, and mind to the things of God so that what was once foolishness to you now brings you hope, comfort, and joy. Yes, familiarity is a wonderful thing, but it can also be a dangerous thing. Here's a scary dynamic of familiarity. The more you are near something and the more familiar it becomes, the less you actually see and appreciate that thing in the way you once did. When you first bought your house, perhaps, you were blown away by the grand, majestic 200-year-old tree that stood regally in the backyard. But something has happened as the years have gone by. You don't really see that tree anymore. It doesn't blow you away anymore. And the only time you talk about it is when you complain you have to rake the piles of leaves it annually drops. Familiarity can be a dangerous thing. Now here's the vertical connection. Every human being was designed by God to have his hopes, dreams, choices, words, actions, desires, and motivations shaped by a jaw-dropping, heart-controlling, life-shaping awe of God. The stunning reality of God's existence and His grandeur and glory were meant to be at the center of human consciousness. We were all meant to live with a God-awareness and, because of that awareness, to live in a Godward way. Awe of God was designed to be a principal motivation for everything we would ever do. But something happens to us when we are drawn into a close relationship with God and are blessed to live close to His secret things. Familiarity causes us to lose our awe of God. What once stunned us doesn't anymore. What produced worship in our hearts doesn't anymore. What caused us to act with hope and courage doesn't anymore. What caused us to say no to sin and yes to righteousness doesn't anymore. I'm afraid that many of us have lost our awe of God and we don't even know it. Is there evidence in your life that you are awe deficient? Cry out for eyes to see once again, for a heart ripped by awe once again, and be thankful for the grace that assures you that you will be heard and answered. We're going to read from Isaiah 6 with that devotion today. And it reads as this, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for.
caught a glimpse of your splendor in the corner of my eye. The most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And it was like a flash of lightning reflected off the sky. And I know I'll never be the same. Show me your glory. Send down your presence. I wanna see your face. Show me your glory. Majesty shines above you. Now I can't go. Traveris. I'm just uh, would like to affirm everybody down at the farm for taking a step. Good luck to everybody. I hope they all uh, find what they're looking for and stick it through. I also want to affirm my buddy Randy Farva for uh, moving up to third and uh, everybody on uh, second phase for being there, my brothers and uh, just the staff and everybody at the refuge for doing what they do to help us move on. Psalm 76, verses 1 through 12. Well, this psalm praises God for His awesome power. It was most likely written to celebrate the defeat of Sennacherib's army after it invaded Judah. How can defiance bring glory to God? Hostility to God and His people gives God the opportunity to do great deeds. For example, 
The Pharaoh of Egypt refused to free the Hebrew slaves, and thus allowed God to work mighty miracles for His people. God turns the tables on evildoers and brings glory to Himself from the foolishness of those who deny Him or revolt against Him. God's wrath expressed in judgment brings praise from those who have been delivered. Know how to give good gifts to your children? How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Psalm 76, verses 1-12 through 12. For the choir director, a psalm of Asaph, a song to be accompanied by stringed instruments. God is honored in Judah. His name is great in Israel. Jerusalem is where He lives. Mount Zion is His home. There He has broken the fiery arrows of the enemy, the shields and swords and weapons of war. Interlude You are glorious and more majestic than the everlasting mountains. Our boldest enemies have been plundered. They lie before us in the sleep of death. No warrior could lift a hand against us. At the blast of your breath, O God of Jacob, their horses and chariots lay still. No wonder you are greatly feared. Who can stand before you when your anger explodes? From heaven you sentenced your enemies. The earth trembled and stood silent before you. You stand up to judge those who do evil, O God, and to rescue the oppressed of the earth. Interlude. Human defiance only enhances your glory, for you use it as a weapon. Make vows to the Lord your God and keep them. Let everyone bring tribute to the Awesome One, for He breaks the pride of princes, and the kings of the earth fear Him. Proverbs chapter 12, verses 15 through 17. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. An honest witness tells the truth. A false witness tells lies. Ruler of my 
that's our show thanks for joining us and we'll see you again tomorrow but before we go let's say a prayer for those guys that are coming in today today is monday and it is induction day into the refuge father god thank you for this program this ministry to these men uh just for letting me be a part of it lord in uh whatever way that you have for me i've enjoyed my time meeting these guys uh just seeing them every monday that that i can be there and seeing them come in, Lord, seeing them grow as they come to the program, and see uh, the Holy Spirit grab a hold of them and just change them, Lord. And uh, transformation is, is what truly happens. And I pray for those guys that are, are coming in today. Our, I pray for everyone that's in the program, Phase 1, Phase 2, Phase 3, Phase 4, all the guys, all the pastors, um, 
uh, the help, anyone that's involved, God. Just pray blessings in their life today. Again, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow.